In a world filled with spyware, ransomware, fish, and more, we need you to be the hero. In this podcast, information protection and security is bringing new ways to fight back against the dangerous actors looking to do digital and physical harm. We'll give you everything you need to know on a different topic of risk every month. Coming to you from IPS with love. Welcome to From IPS with Love. Our guest today is Caleb Chitwood, and he's manager of threat intelligence services in our Cyber Defense Center. He's going to talk to us about how new technologies and methods uh, are being used uh, to create disinformation campaigns, erode trust, and affect public opinion. So welcome. Thanks, Lisa. It's nice to be here. So let's start by talking about what is disinformation and where is it being used? Great question. And before I answer it, I want to offer a little bit of of a disclaimer here, because um, if you've never heard of this before, it might sound a little bit surprising or uh, even difficult to believe. Um, But I I promise you that this is a real thing. This really does happen. There's a lot of good data out there that sort of uh, speaks to this um, going on. So bear with me a little bit (laughs) and hopefully we can uh, we can unpack some of this together. So the idea of an information operation, a term that people might be more familiar with, is propaganda. The idea of propaganda is well known and well understood. But what's changed in recent years is that social media and other internet technologies have allowed propaganda to operate at a scale that it's really never been able to do before. Um, And there's a lot of data out there to show that that's been going on uh, for some time, especially on some of the more well-known social media platforms. the U.S. military actually talks about it. They have a term called memetics, and uh, you might know the term meme, right? Which yeah. you know you and I might think of as a picture of a cat, you know, with a funny <laughs> caption. Um, but for the U.S. military, it's pretty serious business, right? They think of memetics as a very serious discipline of study, and they understand mm-hmm. uh, how this uh, operates across the globe. Um, maybe more to that point, thinking about it, this is a very um, powerful part of the Russian playbook. Uh, So the Russians have been using these uh, techniques for quite some time. There's an organization called the Internet Research Agency, which is a pretty well-known part of the Russian apparatus. There was a study back in 2019 that found that roughly 140 million social media users had received content from the Internet Research Agency, this Russian organization, per month. I mean, that's roughly half the U.S. population. Um, So this is something that happens at scale uh, and has been going on for some time. Wow. Yeah, that those numbers are big. Um, and as, as we define disinformation, let's just be clear, this isn't misinformation. This isn't people retweeting or, or posting something they believe to be true, right? This is um, people purposely spreading false information they know to be false. That's correct. And, uh, you know, what they can achieve is really only limited by their creativity, right? And Typically, what they're looking to do is not necessarily spread uh, like false information like you're talking about just because they're incorrect. They're looking to achieve an end, right? So they're looking to uh, divide uh, people uh, or to manipulate public opinion. Um, We've seen examples of this uh, that are pretty well documented in the U.S. political cycle. Um, We've seen examples of this during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, where there were external actors who were intentionally trying to manipulate public opinion around those topics. And it's not necessarily to support any one particular ideology. The goal really does seem to be just to divide people and not try to support any one particular narrative. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a really different way of thinking about it. They're not trying to uh, convince someone to, to one way of thinking. They just want to get two very strong opposite opinions going out there. Um, well, so what does disinformation have to do with HCA or, or the healthcare industry? Well, first of all, I would say, uh, even at a more macro level, we're all members of the target demographic, right? We're all members of um, our culture and our society. And so we are actively being targeted. Um, and as I mentioned a few moments ago, really the goal does seem to be uh, to divide the country, to get, uh, to get us to be more concerned with uh, conflict with one another than <laughs> you know, supporting uh, things externally. Um, but to your question about HCA, the healthcare industry has been the target of these sorts of things. I mentioned COVID-19 mm -hmm. a few moments ago. Um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, there was activity uh, regarding um, how our country was responding to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, with the purpose of trying to erode public trust uh, and those sorts of things. Um, I think that here at HCA Healthcare, we have a, a leadership role within the healthcare industry. We have an opportunity to be a source of truth. Um, and so I think uh, that we should really focus on, on that role uh, within our industry. And um, it's possible that we could because of that role, it's possible that we could be targeted by these sorts of operations, right? So we need to sort of manage that messaging um, and make sure that we're always in a defensible position. That's a good point. Yeah, we have a responsibility to do that. Um, well, as you mentioned, propaganda disinformation has been around a long time. Uh, so what about new technologies has has changed, I guess, the, uh, the, the scope of it or um, how, it, how it's done? Yeah. So um, by far, and you mentioned the word scope, um, I would say scale, right? It's really kind of the same idea, but mm -hmm. um, social media has allowed these sorts of operations to be conducted at a scale that they've never been able to, to, to conduct them at before. Now with a relatively modest investment, you know, in a few blog sites or websites and some social media accounts, um, an information operation can be conducted that has a global, uh, global scale uh, if it's done well. Um, Maybe a little bit more recently, um, we've seen uh, ChatGPT, uh, which mm. is uh, an artificial intelligence chatbot uh, that's been in the news a lot lately. And so something like ChatGPT, which can, can, can uh, create written content that's mm -hmm. very compelling, that appears to have been written by a human author, um, something like that could be used to create uh, content for an information operation and do it more frequently and at larger scale and in a more compelling fashion than uh, a typical human author could do. Um, we could also see something like deep fake technology become an important part uh, of information operations. Deep fake technology is where well-known figures, um, so uh, political leaders or uh, prominent business uh, leaders um, can be, uh, a, you can create a video that appears to be that individual speaking and saying things that they are not in fact saying. Um, and some of the deep, te deep fake technology is actually quite compelling. Um, so you could potentially see uh, these types of technologies being used to create messages, including video content that is completely fabricated. Wow, so you can't even trust your eyes anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. the scary thing, right? right. Um, and yeah, thinking about this um, and the possibilities, it, it gets very disturbing. Um, I mean, is there anything that, that we personally can do to protect ourselves or to spot disinformation? Yes, so good question. There are some things that we can do. 
the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, which is an organization that we collaborate with, actually recently published a really good document uh, around this topic, and I think we can link it in the description to the video. I'd love for people to take a look at that because it's got um, a lot of good information in it. But in that document, they published sort of a five-step process for how mm -hmm. to combat these sorts of information operations. The first step they call recognize the risk. And that's what I'm hoping what we're doing here today is, right? Just talking about this and letting people know that this is a real thing that actually does happen is helpful and that raises awareness. And so that's mm -hmm. the first step. Um, the second step that they suggest is question the source. So what is the source? Where is it coming from? Uh, who is the author? Um, is, uh, does this appear to be a source that co commonly talks about these sorts of topics? Um, if the source seems to check out, go ahead and investigate the issue yourself. Like, see if you can find some of your own information to corroborate uh, what that piece of content seems to be suggesting. Um, is that source truly credible? Are the conclusions that are being drawn credible? Um, one of the points that they make here, and I think this is important, is does the content seem to be designed to elicit a strong reaction? If you find yourself having a very emotional reaction to it, it may be because there are elements of the content that were designed to create <laughs> that reaction. Um, and sometimes that's appropriate, but sometimes it could be uh, uh, because they're trying to be manipulative uh, mm -hmm. with the content. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth step that they suggest is think before you link, right? So the purpose of these sorts of operations is to scale, right? They want these messages mm -hmm. to spread and reach as many people as they can. So if you are sharing content uh, that's from this sort of source or um, is part of these sorts of operations, you're in a way sort of enabling it or participating in it. So mm -hmm. don't share things that you're not certain are, are valid content from credible sources. And then finally, talk with others, have conversations about this, share awareness, right? Help other people start their, uh, start their um, process through these steps. You know, and one of the things that I find about that particular um, stage of the process is um, be open to one of the wonderful things about our country is that there are room for differences of opinion, right? And we can have those conversations um, and not be threatened by one another, uh, even if uh, we see some of these uh, stories coming from other sources um, that are designed to mislead us. So don't be influenced by these things. Um, have room for differences of opinion as you're talking to people and be respectful. Um, and uh, explore things and do your own thinking. Well, great advice just for even being more civil on social media, it sounds like. For sure. Thank you, Caleb. So one last question before you go, in keeping with our theme, do you have a favorite Bond villain? Uh, okay, I would say, I don't recall the character's name, but the one played by Javier Bardem, I think it was in Skyfall, maybe, um, because he was really creepy like a great <laughs> villain right as all javier bardem villain characters are and uh then i think he had a little bit of a cyber element to him as well that's so, right that's uh, right know, I that. so you identified with it <laughs> well. thank you caleb uh so you can listen to this and all of our other from ips with love podcasts on all major podcast platforms and you can watch the videos on media connect